read now from the Gospel according to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's been eight weeks since Easter, so let me remind you. Mary Magdalene and another Mary went to the tomb, found it empty. In Matthew's version, they are the only ones who go. An angel tells them that Jesus has been raised and to go and tell the disciples to go and meet Jesus in Galilee. While they are racing to do that, Jesus appears to the women and gives them the same message. Go and tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. There they will see me, he says. Go. It's a basic command. Get up. Move in a direction. Proceed. In this case, as is often the case for the disciples, the direction is to go somewhere familiar but where the outcomes will be anything but ordinary. Without the benefit of the Gospels, in 2,000 years of church history, and your Sunday school teachers and Bible studies, what would you imagine if two women came back from the tomb and said that it was empty? that an angel and then Jesus appeared to them, that the instructions were for you to go to Galilee where you will see Jesus. As you make your way from the place of Jesus' suffering and death to the place where He called you and taught you and showed you how to minister, would you expect things to return to normal? Which normal? The normal before He called you? Or the normal of when he was leading you around the Galilee? Could you imagine a new normal where you had just a bit more time with Jesus before he told you to go? When the disciples arrive and see that Jesus is there, we're told they have a couple of responses. Some worshipped him and some doubted. If Jesus had given them enough time, perhaps some of the ones who had worshipped Him would become some of those who doubted, and some of those who doubted would become some of those who worshipped. Our faith can be like that, like our disciple ancestors. Our faith can ebb and flow. There were times in Jesus' ministry when He chastised the disciples for their little faith, when they worried about basic necessities. When the storms were rough, when they misunderstood a parable, and when they were unable to cast out a demon, some of the times when our faith might prove small. 
In this resurrection story, however, Jesus did not chastise those disciples who doubted, and he did not praise those disciples who worshipped him. He addressed them all, all of them, all of us the same way. Wherever you are on the faith spectrum, from believing and worshipping to doubting, Jesus gives the same commission. Go. Make. Baptize. Teach. Remember. It's just like Jesus to do that. It's like he knows that the best way to handle honest doubt is with faithful practice. The hotel where our annual conference delegation stayed in in Greenville was predictably overrun with Methodists. We could have had a worship service on every floor of the hotel. Conveniently, in the first floor, there was an open eating area. We could have had our own covered dish dinner each night. Miss Patricia, the gregarious lady who handled the dining area, was immediately taken with us. Monday morning, long before I knew her name or thought she would know anything about me, she turned to me and said, You're a man of God. Come with me. I looked around to see if she was talking to Alex, Wayne, or even Johnny, but she meant me. There's a couple here from Kentucky, and they're Methodists. Invite them to go to the service tonight. Yes, ma'am. Turns out they were in town for a week-long bridge competition. They were Methodists, so I told them a little bit about our conference and invited them to join us that night. I walked away shaking my head, not because I knew they wouldn't attend. That was obvious and not unexpected. I shook my head, thinking about my attitude going into annual conference and Miss Patricia's assumption that I'm a man of God. I'm glad she couldn't read my mind that day. But despite the state of my mind, Miss Patricia said, go. Make disciples. Start with them. So I went. Despite the state of their minds, Jesus said to all the disciples, go. Make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. Start here, but don't stay here. Start with them, but don't make it all about them. There's a faith. Ours is a faith for all times and all places and all peoples. Your baptized brothers and sisters will come in every shape and every color and every persuasion. Teach them all. Jesus told believing and worshiping disciples and doubting disciples the same thing. Teach them all. Then, surely intuiting what they were feeling, he said, Remember, I am with you always. If Miss Patricia hadn't been standing in the dining area after she told me to go and talk to those Kentuckians, I might have turned back. They don't want to meet me, I would have reasoned. They don't have an interest in our annual conference, and they surely do not want to attend a two-and-a-half-hour service tonight. Go, 
her presence commanded. Go, Jesus' presence commands. Go, not because I'm watching you or because you'll be in trouble if you don't go. Go because I'm with you. And your life and their life will be diminished if you don't go. If I didn't have a weekly assignment of reading and reflecting on the scriptures with you, I don't know how much time I'd give to our faith. If I didn't have other due dates that required me to pray and think and share, I don't know where I'd be on the faith spectrum. Jesus commanding me to go is as much a gift to me, if not more, than it is a gift to those to whom I'm sent. To whatever degree it's a gift to those to whom I'm sent, it is because Jesus' Spirit is going with me. His Spirit, the Father's Spirit, the Holy Spirit are somehow at work with us. And when we get up and go and make disciples and baptize and teach and remember, they go with us. These are impossible things, really. Making disciples of all nations. Baptizing people from all over teaching people to obey all that Jesus commanded, remembering that He is with us always. And yet it is His impossible task that helps us realize that the success of it won't be because of us. To achieve what Jesus commands requires that God be with us. We will never grow in our faith if all we seek to accomplish is what we can design and perform and handle without God. But when you set out, when you go, no matter where you are on the faith spectrum, when you go as Jesus commands, God is with you and God is at work in you. God's presence is what makes the going possible. And that you are not the focus of the going is what makes the continuing to go possible. I wasn't inviting those people from Kentucky to something that was focused on me. I wouldn't have been comfortable doing that. I wouldn't be up here comfortably talking to you if it was all about me. When the competition night for the Dancing for Our Future Stars event was getting close, the other dancers would say to me, Oh, this is going to be easy for you. You're in front of people all the time. I said, Dancing. You think me dancing in front of 900 people will be easy for me because I talk in front of 600 people on a weekly basis. First of all, I have never danced in public on a stage before in my life. Secondly, whenever I have danced in public, it's been with a bunch of people around me to ensure that I'm not the worst in the whole place. And finally, on Sundays when I'm up there talking, it's about Jesus, not me. With all the I's and the me's in this sermon, you might question that last point. Fair enough, but the truth is, if I'm asked to speak even to a small crowd in a civic environment, 
I'm far less comfortable than I am in this environment preaching a sermon. When the purpose of my speaking is about sharing from the Scriptures and and Jesus, I'm far more comfortable than when the point is something else. I'm up here because of Him. And you're out there because of Him. And we'll soon leave this place and go because of Him. We won't leave with perfect faith. And we won't reflect Him perfectly. But He did not put prerequisites into His commission. He simply said go. To all of His disciples. He said go. Wherever you are on the faith spectrum, go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go.